Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Supplemental Episode 23. This is awesome. You're joining us live at Al's Basement Apartment. In no, beautiful it's a house, San Francisco, California. None of that is true. Quit lying to our listeners. No. Matt. Also, hello, friends. Oh yeah. I gotta say that, or the show doesn't start. That's okay. Sir, turn down your radio. <laughs> please, sir. Please turn down your radio. So we are live streaming this. This is the Post Atomic Horror Podcast, the Star Trek podcast. That do we have some kind of a tagline it's the star trek podcast that is about star trek and the end you are not the marketing department you are lucky about that we are here to answer questions about star trek and not rip off that line from they live yeah and i'm all out of lines from they live oh man but I was feeling really good about the direction of this, and now you've ruined it. I've ruined it. Yes. Now let's go fight in an alley for 20 minutes. <sighs> All right. Get into this garbage can. All right. Uh, we are live streaming so that you can send us uh, your your questions, if you like, Star Trek-related questions. Uh, quick note, I'm only going to say this once. We can't see what's on the Periscope app. We know it has chat capabilities, Yep. but my cell phone is up on a little tripod over there, oh, and it is phone. facing away from me. I got the, the, the lens on the back pointed at us so if you send stuff there we can't see it yep send it to our twitter account it's at pah podcast or send it to postatomic horror at gmail i got i got the email up right here i i can read it and answer it pretty much live yep so please if you're if you're talking on the periscope we can't see it so feel free to make fun of us behind our backs i yeah. suppose we, we we know we're awful so but There's at, really nothing you can say to us that we don't know. Yeah. Know. At this point, though, we're basically just going to ignore you and and record this as though you're not even there. Yep. Also, I'm going to turn the sound off on my computer. It's probably the best. Probably a better idea. Yes. So let's answer some mail, Matt. How about that? Oh, that sounds like a good idea. All right. Uh, first one comes from Mark. And Mark. Uh, I don't know if people want me to read their last name. So oh, that's fair. I'm just saying. A Mark. Okay, it's not. It's no Mark we are familiar with. No, in fact, he's from Gateshead in the United Kingdom. Oh wow! All right. So Mark says, many seem to have a hard time with the no money Trek future. Yes, us especially. Yes, we have spent so much time agonizing over how that works. Metric years. Yes. Um, but wouldn't replicators render capitalism defunct? Some argue that access to replicators may be rationed or restricted, but this isn't borne out by dialogue, such as O'Brien saying his mother refused to use one, which shows she had the option to do so. Besides, which is more achievable, faster than light travel and teleportation, or a no-money society? Yeah, was, that was always my assumption with, uh, like, for the longest time, until we started doing this show and I actually watched every episode of Star Trek and realized that doesn't make any sense, was that you wouldn't need money because you could just make whatever the fuck you wanted. You know? Well, that's the thing, and I don't think replicators existed in the original series. But no, by the time that's we why you were eating, gen, like, red triangles. And... Well, red triangles are delicious. Have red... you not had red triangles? That was the entire basis of the Red Triangle Circus Gang. Fair enough. Yeah. Was that from Batman? Batman Returns. Very well. That probably was. So, Irish Cab, if you're watching... <laughs> that one's for you. Later, I will mention how kryptonite is made with tar. <laughs> 
No, I just did. That's it. That's your Superman yeah. 3 reference right there. No, that was always my assumption. On, like, when we got into TNG and stuff, it was like, no, there's no money, but we don't need it. No, everyone has the ability. And you get into the whole economic theory of once the means of production are in the hands of the workers. But really, once people can make their own stuff, what do they need jobs for? Yeah, exactly. What do they need? Like, you can just replicate and presumably infinitely renewable energy is available so it's not like you have to work to keep the replicator on yeah it's that's just... why you have a planet full of people who are either in starfleet or slackers you mean, which writers. I mean writers yes, yes of course but this is something if, if you are a relatively new listener you may want to go back and listen to pretty much every supplemental we've done because we touch on this at some point and i'm not saying don't ask us that's a good question mm -hmm. but i like it still doesn't make sense to us even today yeah. you might also be interested to know that writers are terrible Writers are terrible. Mm -hmm. So, with that in mind, let's see if someone has written us a question. Uh, Brian, our, our regular guest, Brian Lynch, wrote a whole bunch of questions about Deep Space Nine. Oh, good. Like, ten seconds before we, uh, or right after we recorded our last supplemental. So, too late, so too bad we're not going to yeah, answer. Yeah, sorry. That's okay. Next question comes from Aaron, and Aaron says, Ack! That bit about the singing Star Trek cast members, and she's talking about Supplemental 22, mm. uh, just made me mourn the musical episode of Deep Space Nine we never got. And there's a link, which I will click to. It says, Matt, you do need to watch Steven Universe. Al, you need to watch Gravity Falls. I, I do. I watch Gravity Falls. I, I like also it. Need I'm to watch... basically waiting for it to... Like, End? Well, be at a good binge point, because somebody, I think you, uh -huh. said... No, they're at a great stopping point now. Just just binge up to this point. And yep. it ended on a horrible cliffhanger that was not resolved for months and months. And like, yeah. Yeah, I was not expecting them to just stop making episodes for months at a time. Yeah. Oh, this is disappointing. It's underlined and blue like a link, but it doesn't link to anything. Oh, all right. So, well, I guess I won't be checking that out. Musical episode of, episode of Deep Space Nine. It also says both of you should watch Rick and Morty. Well, oh, fuck. No, do. listen. I love Rick and Morty. I, if, if the I haven't voice seen acting, season two yet, but I love Rick and Morty. If the voice acting were better, I'd be more into it. The writing is fantastic. Mm -hmm. I cannot stand the guy who does Rick's voice. I just, I can't stand it. It's just the burping and the, just the, uh, just not good. Oh, I don't know about that, Rick. Uh, Morty, uh, yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a super cut of all his burps. I wish there was a super cut of not all his burps. <laughs> then I would watch it. There is also apparently... Um, I, I was talking about this today. I said, mm. you know, if if they just redub it, like, I would absolutely watch the show. And someone said, well, Al, you got your wish, and it's been redubbed with Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, God <laughs> damn it. Well, I, I walked right into that one. <laughs> Hello, uh, Al. This is your Rick and Morty recording. <laughs> I'm Benedict Cumberbatch. Is that your Benedict Cumberbatch? That's right. He's so different from every other British person I do. You do at least one other British accent. I That's know that not true fact. at all. Fair enough. You're crazy. So Twitter is lighting up. Let's see if there's any questions here. Seriously? Wow. Uh, no, it's everyone just talking about how to get to us. Oh. Our right. friends being very gracious and saying. Th thanks, guys. Yeah. No, and two of them are sitting right here. So. Uh, thanks, guys. Super fan Jason is here and Amanda is also here. I'm not a fan. I, I understand. How, what did you think of the 37th? Oh, I hated the 37th. I am not a fan. And you skipped out on initiations. Yeah, I had important... Come on, it's a Chakotay episode with a with a Kazon. You just said the secret awesome words. That... Two of them. Uh-huh. Two words right together. Yep. We covered those two first episodes of Voyager Season 2 for our live show. We just finished recording that. That mm. will post next week. Um, look forward to that. But uh, Or, you know. 
No, people like it when we're angry for All some right, reason. Good. We were very angry. We were very, very angry. People get to see on the live stream just how much I fiddle while we record. Yes, you're a real fiddler. I am. I'm a fiddler crab. Uh, this one comes from Douglas, and he says... Oh, uh, this is a uh, recording of... This is actually something I wanted to talk about, so oh, he cool. reminds me. Um, Jason, who is who is sitting here quietly while we record. Hello, Jason. Uh, presented us. I don't. Did we mention this on the show? Mm. He presented us with a fantastic keepsake. Can you actually oh, grab yeah. that? It's attached to the wall right next to you there. Can I grab it without breaking it? Uh, it's just on a nail. It's fine. You're not going to break it. Um, a fantastic keepsake. Uh, brass plaque. Yeah. Matt and I each got one. Uh, and and can you read them the text uh, for those of, for those people who are not watching on the live stream? USS Post Atomic Horror. United Federation of Planets, Starfleet Registry, NHX-1, third starship of her class, first to bear the name, Utopian Planitia? Utopia Planitia. Shipyards, there's a little logo-y thing, and then it says, Serious about Trek, but not Trek. Which is our tagline, which we should have remembered at the beginning. Mm -hmm. You can put that on the wall later, we don't have to fiddle with that right now but uh yeah he he uh he presented us uh, he got in uniform yeah presented it to us at our at our last live show it was it was delightful it was it was very touching i saw you get in the uniform i just assumed you liked uniforms well i was thinking down the line when the live shows maybe pick up a bit of more audience i would love to encourage people to to come in oh, costume yeah. but right now it's still just like the the super fans yes yeah. so the people who bring us gifts there's nothing more fun than what than yelling at voyager like it's some sort of rocky horror picture yes Show? No. All right. It doesn't deserve a show? Yeah. What would we throw at Chakotay? Bags? Probably bags. Bags. Fair enough. But yeah, it was delightful. If we were still doing DS9, I would delight in throwing spoons at Ducat. <laughs> that would be pretty great. Uh, Let's see. There are new... Let's see. Um, My wife is just now starting to watch Caretaker. And I mean right now. We're watching As I Type. Jesus. What should she be wear? Well, Janeway's not great. She's not great, and I will say she gets better. Like, if you're yeah. not impressed by the captain, as I was not, no, she gets better. She gets, she grows some very gravitas. Better. Yeah, she gets excited. She gets she gets fun. Mm. Um, Tom Paris is a creep. He's and still a creep. he will continue to be a creep, but at least you get to see him where he should be in prison. So yes, enjoy, enjoy that. Soak enjoy it that. I, it's it's very long, and I really wish I remembered specifics to say. You know what? The whole middle bit you could just skip. Mm. I know there's large chunks you can skip, but I don't remember anything specific uh, enough for that yet. Stay, stick around past the banjo part. Oh, good banjo part. Like seriously, that will make you not want to be, not want to watch Voyager. And not want to live? Yeah. That will make you hate banjos. I know that much. Uh-huh. Uh, like that? Is this better? You Am could, I in you frame? Could, you could move the camera a little, if you like. It's not like this is part of the... Uh, oh, I see. Well, I could scoot a little closer. All right. I could do that. Let's get more personal. Hey, how's it going? We're tuning it down enough. What was here. I saying? Oh, yeah. Fuck banjos. Yeah, there's a lot of... I Unless you personally out there play the banjo, in which case, please... Record yourself playing the banjo and send it to Al. We look. I will play it for you, so you'll see it too. Mm -hmm. But uh, it doesn't belong in Star Trek. Or if it did, it should at least come with a warning: "Hey, we're going to the planet of the banjos." But it did not. Episode Eye of the Banjo. Yeah, they fly the Voyager into the. Wait, the banjos have holes in them? No, no, they don't. Fly through the banjo. But but it's just 
through the string part? I yeah, don't sure. They, I, uh, it doesn't matter. This no, trust is, me, this will be great. We'll call this a Brandon Braga like uh, experiment, where it's just like, here's a stupid idea, now figure out yeah, how yeah. it works. And then, uh, whatever, and then something bad happens. And then Harry Kim challenges the devil to a fiddle contest. Why is it always Harry Kim that we put into these stupid situations? Well, for one thing, he can play the fiddle. Can he? No, he plays the clarinet. That's right, he plays the clarinet. He can challenge the devil to a clarinet off. I don't feel like the devil is that much of a band geek. I could be wrong about that, but I feel like he's probably not. I need to I need to wetten my reed. Wetten? Wetten. It's just wet. You yeah, have you have wetten. to wetten your reed. All right. Uh, this one comes from Carrie, and Carrie says, "Well, actually, Worf did attack a door." This is correcting your assertion in in uh, Caretaker. When did, when did I say Worf didn't attack a door? You well, you were criticizing Balana for attacking a door, and you said Worf never attacked. Oh, a door. you're right. Okay, yeah, no, you're right. Worf uh, was always. Worf hated doors as much as he hated barrels. In the episode Genesis, after he turned into that Klingon monster. You may say that doesn't count, but I say being technically correct is the best kind of correct. I disagree with you. However, quoting Futurama puts you back in my good books, so you're you're even. Yep. Uh, also, for your good thing, bad thing, I think there needs to be a limit that you mm. can't default to good or bad acting like you did with Picard in early TNG. It's just too easy to say, well, the doctor's my good thing. That doesn't really challenge you to find a good thing. Or say Tom Paris is a douchebag, that's my bad thing. Same thing, you're not really being challenged. It's okay in the first episode, it should be mentioned, and it's okay if it's extraordinarily good. Okay, you know what? Don't tell us how to do it. We'll figure it out. You're, we do try to avoid that. Problem. We do, but uh, really, the contrarian part of me is kicking in and saying, you know what? Don't you tell me Don't not tell to me. hate Tom we, Paris. We created this format. Like, nobody ever thought to say one good thing and one bad thing no, about something before us. No, that was us. never a thing in anything. We're, we are going Howard Stern with this and claiming to have invented this. Yes, Al is the king of all media. I'm, I'm the king of all media. I have a small penis. Uh-huh. See? That's great, isn't it? Yeah, no, I completely understand why that guy has been so popular for 30 years. Uh-huh. And I was about to make fun of, like, getting naked on the radio, but we're actually in front of people. I could get naked if mm -hmm. I want. I don't. There's a picture of me naked right there. There is. Right, like, behind the camera. Not mm -hmm. kidding. Are you comfortable showing it? I don't care. Amanda, will you take it down and put it in front of the camera, please? Only the matte part? Yeah, because, don't show... Uh... Because there is also a picture of our friend Pat and... Although uh, that picture has been in a uh, distributed comic book. It doesn't matter. All right. I We don't have his permission. And nope, that's Matt is that's the only fair. one who's agreed to show his nudity. So there you go. A little bit of naked Matt for you. That was my 40th birthday present from Matt last year. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Uh, we got an image from John Wiggins here, the Nebula Coffee Company. There's coffee in that nebula. That's nice pretty little, fantastic. Nice little cartoon of Janeway here. So those of you who can see that on the stream, great. Those of you who can't, we will put it in the show notes at yep. postatomichorror.com. Uh, let's see. Brian, not that Brian, a different Brian, says, Hi, how are you? I am fine. Hmm. I just listened to the Voyager Live show, and I have to say I disagree with a lot of what you said. Fair enough. All right. Tom Paris might be a little creepy in the pilot. Uh, yes, he's the stereotypical ladies' man, hating on everyone or anyone. But at this point, we only know one significant trait about all the characters after just one episode. He's got a bad boy streak. Da, 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 da. Yeah, all right, fine. But he still creeps me out. Yeah. Even now, after 18 episodes, he's still a I just creepy. get a vibe off of yeah. him. That's, that's the vibe. That's the vibe right there. Yeah, it absolutely is. I still don't know where all that money went, though. To be twice as expensive as any other Star Trek episode doesn't really seem possible with all that ended up on screen. Maybe those reshoots when they recast Janeway were really pricey. Brandon Braga bought himself a jetpack. He wasn't even there for the pilot, though. No, he was too busy in the other room stealing the money hmm. so he could buy a jetpack. You picture him doing, like, the Mission Impossible, like... Yes, but not well. 
Well, he and Ron not like Moore... he drops from the ceiling and like like you've seen done in like all sorts of yeah. parodies and stuff. But like the the rope goes down and then he dangles there for a couple of minutes, sort of shaking around like if you held up a turtle. And then he falls some more. All right. I'm I'm not really. I've all never right. put a turtle on a rope, so I'm not really following. Oh well, I know we should do when we're finished here. Very well. On a completely different topic, I know you guys. I don't know if you guys have any knowledge or interest in the fan-produced films that seem to be popping up all over the place. I just watched Renegades this past weekend. Actually, only a couple hours after watching the Voyager pilot. Pilot. It was so strange seeing Tuvok again. I have to say, I enjoyed the plot. Basically, a crew of outlaws. Well, that sounds great. Uh, secretly working for Section Thirty-One, which Tuvok is now in charge of. In general, it did come off a little amateurish. Something with the lighting, photography just doesn't look right, and the sets were not spectacular. Some of the effects were. Well, good is a strong word, but I'd say they were decent. Others were completely laughable. Uh, I guess my big question regarding efforts like this is how can they actually be produced without the consent of the studio? They actually used all the terms, a variation on the traditional combat, and even some of the characters that were created for the pre-existing properties. Tuvok, Chekhov, who is now a 140-year-old plus admiral in charge of Starfleet security, and even the Doctor. Like I said above, it's a decent enough premise. Uh, I just don't understand the particulars of how they can get away with it. I don't know if you guys are familiar with any of these projects and could shed some light on it. Stop being so hard on Voyager. It's actually a pretty good show if you give it a chance. Yeah, we... We're working on that. We're working on that. No, Voyager's really come around on, on us. No, you've really come around on Voyager. Okay. Have you not? Are you like... Uh, no, 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 Voyager. I have too, but I'm saying Voyager hasn't come around on us. Yeah. We've come around... Like, it was already there. We were the ones that needed to be convinced and... It didn't oh. land... We didn't land on Voyager. Yeah. All the... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I will say, if the rest of the show is like the first two episodes of season two, we might the best might already be behind uh, us. We'll see. Um, what was the other thing? The fan, uh, the fan stuff. Like they we, don't, my understanding is they don't make money. Like they yeah. specifically have to say this is a a fan project only. We will raise the production cost, but we don't make a dime of profit. I believe uh, that's how Axanar is being made, and Axanar looks really promising. Axanar has been the only one that I've actually had any interest in. Um, way... And that was a tough show. Like, that was about a year ago. I think it was when you were here for the SV live yep. show. And I said, you need to watch this. And you said, what is it? I said, it's a Star Trek fan film. Said, uh, I said, no, no, no. You need to watch this. As I recall, I was literally sleeping in this room when you came in and were like, come here. We're watching yeah. Axanar. You were right in front of the monitor. So I said, yep. well, come on. Well, I guess uh, I have to. How now. long is it? It's like no. half an hour. Yeah. And no, Prelude to Axanar, which is the, the like the prologue to it, yep. is done in documentary form. And I don't know if the real project is, but it was great. It's fantastic. And so far, it's been the only fan video I've ever enjoyed. We watched... We watched a couple way back. Like, before this show. Pre-PA, when we were still doing SV episodes. Right. We of, did a Sarcastic Voyage uh, episode Star entirely. Trek. Like We were jonesing so hard for Star Trek that we did a whole special episode of Sarcastic yep. Voyage where we were waiting. And the best any of those ever got was fine. I always confuse New Voyages... And Phase 2, which I think are actually the same thing, maybe, but then there's another one, and then there's some set in the next-gen era. Mm -hmm. And, they and now they're doing, of... uh, they're doing Original Trek Season 4. Which I think is actually that same effort. Seriously? Yeah. I think so, but I could be wrong. Or maybe they merged. Jason, you don't know this stuff, do you? I do. So, I mean, well, you, please. Do you know which one is which? Um, typically. Like, because is the New Voyages the same thing as Phase 2 is kind of no, what I'm getting at? They are separate okay. things. Okay. And then... Season four is that also a separate thing? Um, I haven't looked into it, but you would know. Fair enough. Thank you. I'm just trying to like, is there anybody else here who might know this stuff? I know Amanda doesn't, but maybe Jason does, because <laughs> I I don't know. Or on Twitter, if you know, no, I don't care. I don't don't start correcting us. I don't want to get. I don't want to go down that road. What What, what do you think, Doctor Fate action figure? <laughs> oh, I think. <laughs> 
Uh, our pal Fred says, what if question? What would have happened in DS9? I love those. I do too. Uh, what would have happened in DS9 if Kirk was in charge instead of Cisco, Assuming he's original series aged and not dead. I couldn't see original aged uh, Kirk in charge of DS9, but I could easily see movie era Kirk in charge of DS9. Yeah, sitting still, you mean? Yeah, sitting still. See, I feel like he'd be going into the Gamma Quadrant twice as much. Yep. We were yelling at Cisco all the time for just like, Don't go in there! And he just like, ooh, but there's action over there. There might be women in there. What do you think, Bones? I don't think you should go. All right, let's go. Okay, now is Bones that old? Like, you know. Like, oh, I, in Bones my his he- normal age? Or in he- my head, I bo- like... It, Kirk I- comes with Spock and Bones? Well, no, it's just the entire original series crew in DS9 with, like, the okay. uh, the war on. No, see, I'm picturing 30-whatever-year-old. I think he was 34 when the original series started. Mm. That sticks in my head. Something like that. Uh, your old Kirk, uh, given Cisco's yeah. job, but everyone else is the same. Because mm. I can't picture him taking that, that uh, attitude from Kira early on at all. I think that would be some fascinating yep. like chemistry and, and, and uh, conflict. Those are two people who... Oh, man. Yeah. Like, Cisco kind of said, look, you got to back off a little, but mostly he kind of respected what she'd been through and tried to, you know, whatever. I feel like if Kirk ever talked to Kira, the words, listen, toots, might show up. I don't think he was ever that condescending, was he? He also never had anyone that mad at him. That's true. But that's because they never wrote like women any like that woman in the that 60s. mad at him. Yeah. But I, I don't know. It, it, it would be, like, I think he would go to the Gamma Quadrant more. Mm-hmm. I think, I'm trying to think if he would be more aggressive than Cisco, and I don't know if that's necessarily true. Because Cisco snuck around and cheated a bit, yeah. and that's, that's a Kirk move. That I'm is trying a Kirk think... move, but, man, I don't know. And the other thing is, he's all into the exploring thing, not the staying still thing. Right. Well, that's oh. what I mean. He would, once the wormhole opened up, he'd be over there every week. On the other hand... Finding out he's God to a... Uh... Oh, he would be so into that. He wouldn't be reluctant like Cisco. Wait, what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> what did they think? Oh, man. I gotta get down there. I'm gonna screw so many Vajoran chicks. <laughs> did you say Vajoran? Vajoran chicks and their vaginas. <laughs> that was terrible. Yes, it was. I should not have rewarded that with a laugh. You're a bad person and you should feel bad. I feel fine. Well, fair enough. Um... I also feel like, okay, assuming his relationships are roughly the same and he's good friends with Dax, uh-huh. he would not just let her die and leave it at that. Nope. He would find a, like, just like he did with Spock, he would find a way to bring her back. Yeah. And Ducat wouldn't have made it through season seven. No. He would have made it through episode two of season seven. No. Although Kirk would not necessarily have ended up going to the Celestial Temple, but on the other hand, if he knows he's got a kid coming, he might have done it anyway. Uh-huh. He would have cheated his way out of having to do that, but on the other hand, it's like, well, either that or go back to a baby. I gotta go. What do you think, Spock? Bail? Yeah, I say bail. <laughs> okay, uh, this one comes from Andrew, and he says, hey guys, I just listened to your supplement, hmm. and sorry for being odd and abrupt in my previous email. I don't remember that at all, know but that I have we no memory you. whatsoever. Uh, anyway, I was asking if you could review the episode from the point of view of another character like you occasionally do. In this case, Cisco or any other DS9 character. Because Romulans stole a new Federation ship and two unnamed Defiant ships, among others, are sent to retrieve it. The Doctor gets transported on said stolen ship via alien satellite to meet his replacement. Somewhat two, three Doctors-ish. Why? Message in a bottle. Season 4, episode 14. Only notable for three things. Voyager makes contact with Earth. 
the debut of three-part combiner ship USS Prometheus, and finally, Andy Dick as EMH-2. Oh, God, I remember this one. See, I think it would be cool for them to contact Earth after a few seasons, but Andy Dick, I'm not looking forward to. Uh, and only and the only episode to directly reference the Dominion, I guess. Mm. Stardate-wise, the episode takes place a few weeks after Worf and Jedzia's wedding, so maybe Cisco in a sporting mood that he doesn't go straight to wrecking the Prometheus. Also, maybe cracking a joke about Julian becoming enraptured by the Doctor's description of Seven of Nine during transit to Earth. I've got to get over there. Hello. So yeah, that's that. I, what he's saying is it might be funny when we get to that episode to think of it in terms like of the characters in the Alpha Quadrant. Yeah, yeah. But that's so far away, and we haven't seen it yet that it's hard to like. I will try to remember that. Wait. Who does this new EMH look like? Andy Dick, <laughs> the '90s actor. What, is Doc Zimmerman a big news radio fan? <laughs> the guy who killed Phil Hartman's wife? <laughs> That's not cool. Uh, let's see. Be aware that the Post-Atomic Order is not available to see your questions in Periscope because technology. Oh, I see. Someone's helping us. Technology. Because yeah, my phone is faced the other way. That's mm -hmm. why. Um, your hated technology. Yes. Oh, that's, that's, a, that's a call forward. Oh, shit. Actually. It was the technology. I'm sorry, I didn't know about their technology. <laughs> I'm sorry for what I did. <laughs> oh, little grappler Zorn action. I'm there. sorry, Captain Picard and Mr. Riker. Mr. Riker, he Mr. doesn't get a commander. Uh, this one comes from Lauren, the guy who drew us our excellent uh, uh, Ducat chasing. Ooh, yes, uh, Major Kira. Yep. Uh, picture, and he says, "Hi, guys. Hello." You know, I don't really care about or have a lot of knowledge of Voyager. Perhaps it's that very neutral stance that has made your last three episodes even more enjoyable than usual. And funnier. Seriously, the Grand Nagus is Neelix's penis bit literally had me spewing <laughs> milk out of my nose. That. I still have forgotten about that. I, I don't... Did I... I assume I did it because it's the Grand Nagus. Mm -hmm. place, yep. Which I'm not doing now because I don't want to. But Jason came all this way. Is, is that why you came here? Do you want me to do this? As for you, my boy, I'll do it. <laughs> Oh, man. Let's see. Uh, this one comes from Ben, and he says, Hey, guys, I found where you can buy poison dart frogs online. Be careful. And if he provides a link, which I will put in the show notes, this is a thing in you mentioned. In case anyone wants to buy a poison dart frog. This is a thing you mentioned that yep. I didn't know what you were talking about. And then after, when Amanda listened to it, she's like, yeah, poison dart frogs. Everybody knows what those yeah. are. Yeah. So do they shoot poison darts at No, you? you use them to make poison darts, you fool. Well, obviously. Obviously, obviously. Uh, let's see. This one comes from Brewtown Andy. All right. And he says, hello, boys. Hello. I hope the end of the first season of Voyager is finding you well. Yeah, well enough. Yeah, all right. Uh, I was recently double-checking on Benedict Cumberbatch's character name when we first met him during Star Trek Into Darkness mm -hmm. in order to make a dumb joke on Twitter. Along the way, I noticed this fun trivia fact on the movie's IMDb page. Mm. Benedict Cumberbatch's character was not revealed to the actor until a week after he was cast. A studio representative flew to London from Los Angeles with the script handcuffed to his wrist. I drew he several... needn't have bothered. I drew several possible conclusions from this information. Which do you find more troubling about the production of this movie? One, J.J. Abrams intentionally withheld the truth about Harrison being conned from Cumberbatch until he had signed a contract. Two, J.J. Abrams decided after he had cast Cumberbatch to make the character con. Three, Cumberbatch signed a contract to be in this movie without ever reading a finished script. Four, Paramount flew the script to London on a private plane because there's no chance in hell this dude flew commercial with a handcuff on him. 
Wondering if the odd-numbered new Star Trek movies are the good ones. Brewtown Andy. I don't know. Those all sound pretty terrible. I have nothing to add to that whatsoever. It's nope. It's just like... Oh, man. That movie still makes me angry. We yeah. tried to watch it not too long ago. Just because I was jonesing. What? I have a, uh, not a question, but a comment here on yes. Periscope. Uh-huh. Uh, are people sending us questions that no. we have said we can't see? Nope. Okay, good. Uh, Tidro says, not a comment. No, it's a question. Not a question. A comment. You two are cuties. Thanks, Terrence. All right, then. This microphone is not my drink. <laughs> uh, next one comes from Ben again, and he ah. says, that's so gross that, that they want to name the wormhole after Ensign Kim's butt. <laughs> well, they did say, let's name that hole after Harry. Let's call it the Harry Kim wormhole. That is what uh, Tom Paris actually said. That was the real yep. line. So that's the thing. I don't want to hear about Harry Kim's wormy butthole. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. This one comes from Douglas again, and he says, Hopefully you got the file I sent to you. Yes, we did. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, of course, listening to your podcast and heard that you were having supplemental soon, so I thought I would chime in. It gets better, I promise. Oh, good. Sarah and I, you met us for your live taping of the Voyager premiere, have forged on ahead, and we can assure you it will be worth the effort. There is more character development and less stupid technobabble. That I don't believe. Mm -hmm. uh, even Neelix gets better after he breaks up with Kes. Spoiler alert. Oh, thank God. I didn't actually realize that. Like, I don't it's, I don't care about spoilers on this show because yeah, they no. didn't have, like, a hugely linear, like, serialization thing. I don't know. I, th I, I thought I didn't care about spoilers going in, and then I was super disappointed when I found out, uh, what was it, Seska, Seska was, was a Cardassian? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay, well, it, then future things, I, because I spoiled that for you. Yeah. Because I didn't think you cared, and I don't want to speak for I you, didn't think so. I did, and then it's like, oh, I wonder what that would have been like. All right. Well, if more listeners send us um, spoilers, I will ask you first. Okay. There's a spoiler about Kess. Do you want to know? No, go Whatever. ahead. Whatever. All right. Well, it just, that's what he said. That they they break, break up. up. That surprises me because I know she leaves about halfway through. Yeah. Because that's when Seven of Nine, like, I don't know if they ever cross over, but I'm pretty sure she's basically meant to be like, we New need seven someone else on the, well, no, we need someone else in the cast because yeah. one person's leaving. Yeah. You've got to have that seven people or whatever the rule is. I don't know. Like, I'm glad the show has been good for female representation. Mm -hmm. Like, woman captain. Absolutely. A couple, couple other decent women characters. Yep. And so if they lose one, it's good that they picked one up. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm glad about that. But, and everything I've seen about Seven of Nine, like, at the time I thought it was kind of a pandering to the fanboys, here's a hot yes, chick thing. Yes, it but, absolutely looks like that. But from what, I, from what I've read and what I've been able to glean from what's ahead, she's actually a pretty decent character. Good. That would be nice. And, and our friend Caitlin speaks very highly of her. Yep. So she will hopefully be joining us to, uh, to sing her praises. It's like, okay, this is why this isn't sexist. <laughs> uh, that's actually this continues eventually seven joins and there's some good arcs with her we are in season five and overall it's better than i remember when i was watching and growing it up mm. hopefully you eventually you will be able to put for fun back on your oh my god so many people wrote into <laughs> us i haven't i haven't addressed this yet did you know your tagline stops at uh please don't sue us we're just doing this it doesn't say for fun anymore yeah that's the joke yeah thanks for getting the joke thank you jason <laughs> thank you no it's Irish Gav suggested it. Yep. And as a goof, it was too late for me to talk to Dave, our voice guy, and get him to record a clean one, so I just chopped it off, yep. which sounds really chopped mm -hmm. and was actually funnier. Yep. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this. <laughs> like, clearly he was going to say something else, and, like, I thought it was funny. Yep. And you were right. And then I got him to record a clean one, and it's still there, and we are kind of having fun, but mm -hmm. it, I just it just makes me laugh. It's for yeah. me. That one's for me. <laughs> we're just doing this. Yeah. We're just doing this. But, yeah, we, we know. Thank you. 
I love the idea that that would be a surprise to you as the guy who edits the show. <laughs> Wait, what's happening? Yeah, I don't know. How a piece of the episode fell off, even though the music keeps playing. <laughs> Uh, let's see, this one comes from Brian. Hi, and Brian. I see the words deadly games in here, so I'm just hitting delete. I don't know what else it says. And I Is there care. a delete with extreme prejudice button? Unfortunately, no. Well, son of a bitch. This one's from Deke, and he says, Dear Delta Quadrant. Oh, no. Now that you've watched, uh, on full season, oh, one full season of Voyager, I can only assume that you need this. National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. 1-800-273-8255. Actually, no. It hasn't been all terrible. Good job, shipmates. You've kept an open mind and been rewarded with some slightly below average episodes. All I have to say is thank you for Tom Paris, perhaps the greatest Trek character of all. Oh, God, I want to see where this is going. What? Is Deke Winsome some kind of idiot, you say? Well, yes, but let me explain. He's a walking anachronism. Parrish is a douchebag at a time when humanity has evolved past the need for such things as the Jersey Shore, Kim <laughs> Kardashian, and Jesse James, the motorcycle man. <laughs> Also, he was written and performed as a douchebag before such things were in the popular cultural awareness. Mm -hmm. Both in the real-life production schedule and in the fictional timeline, Tom Paris is a man out of time. <laughs> it's a brilliant piece of meta-humor that may constitute the single greatest character contribution to Trek outside of slathering hot Vulcan women's naked bodies with biogel, but I'm jumping ahead. How much do you love Tom Paris? Please tell us. Warmest regards, Deke. Well, Deke has been with us since the very early days of Sarcastic Voyage, yep. and uh, he's still kind of a dick. <laughs> and the answer to your question is none. We like Tom Paris none. Yes. Uh, let's see. Fred says, Star Trek Beyond. Knowing that we know nothing about it so far, what are your expectations? And is the rumored Make It Like Guardians of the Galaxy initiative making you nervous or excited? I think we talked a little about that yeah. before. Um, I don't, I have not seen a whole lot of uh, Beyond at all. Um, no, me neither. I'm glad, because I don't want to know a lot yeah. about it. Um, Simon Pegg is a decent enough writer, and yep. I trust him, but it does sound like the studio's pressuring him a little to do kind of like... You know, Guardians of the Galaxy made money, so... Yeah, but... That the... being said, I like Guardians of the Galaxy. I like so. Guardians of the Galaxy because it's Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Star Trek is not that. And Guardians of the Galaxy really was taking a Star Wars vibe. Mm-hmm. Made it, made it uniquely Marvel enough that it wasn't just ripping off Star Wars. Yep. But a lot of what made that good was very much a Star Wars thing, which is not the same as Star yeah. It's just a different thing is all. So. They're not going to be outsiders, like, fighting the system. They are the system. Mm -hmm. they, can't, they can't be the same kind of thing, you know? So, I don't know. That being said, I'm tentatively looking forward to it. Hopefully. We'll I would. Look, when it comes out, I will. Well, obviously, we're going to. Go see it we'll together do what we and talk in, about it. Uh, or... Into darkness. I'll either come up here or he'll come down to Portland yeah. and we'll watch it. Absolutely. And then we'll watch it again through legal means. And mm -hmm. uh, the thing is, I guarantee when I see it the first time, I think I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna think I liked it because that's what happened last time. Yep. But it's gonna take me a little. I don't while know. To you out. dropped on that movie pretty quickly after we got out of the theater. But when we recorded the podcast, I was raving about mm. it. And it took me a little while to really think about it. The more I thought about it, the less I liked it. It's just, it's hard for me to separate that initial reaction. Like I said, yeah, many of us did that with The Phantom Menace. Mm -hmm. Where we went, and we saw, and we're like, I heard the music, and I saw lightsabers, and, and, I, and Star, Star, Wars, Star Wars! We waited so long, and there were lightsabers, and da 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 da, da and like, everything's great. And like, yeah, but then you thought about it. And it's like, like, okay, I but. I like that at all, did I? I mean, did you like this? Well, this was not great. And then the other thing was pretty. 
fuck did I hate that movie? Shit, I hated that fucking movie. And that's like every time I think about Into Darkness, even even still, it's like, come on, that yep. could have been good. And it's like, what bugs me is it took so long to get made, mm-hmm. and those guys are playing the young versions of the of the crew, and they're not getting any younger. Like you need to strike while the iron's hot. Yep. You, while Chris Pine is hot, <laughs> you need to like get out there and do some hot yep. Kirk stuff while you can before he looks like old man Shatner. Mm-hmm. You know, like do it. Ugh. No, it's just it takes so long to make one of those. Mm-hmm. It's like if they pumped them out every couple of years and one of them sucked, it's like ah, then maybe the next one will be good. No, but, but it, it took like, four years to get that movie out. I mean, that's just how movies seem to be these days, you know. Is what... I don't know. Marvel gets two out a year. Yeah, but not two out with the, like the same cast or something. Okay, but like, the, or at least not the exact same cast. Something like uh, Harry Potter's been a few years, but I think Hunger Games just did this, mm-hmm. where they film one giant movie and split it in two. Yeah. I'm not saying that's what they need to do necessarily, but there are ways to get. I mean, I, I would prefer that. I don't like that splitting movie into two. No, no, no. That that specific that thing I don't like. Yeah. But what I'm saying is maybe if you write two different scripts that are vaguely connected and you mm. film them at the same time. I don't know. There's ways to do it. I mean, yeah. Or Pirates of the Caribbean pulled it off back in the day. So. Or TV show. Yeah. That would be fine, too. I would be. Okay. Also, I don't know how many people have tweeted at us and written to us and whatever since this show began in 2010 up till yesterday. Yep. Still telling us. Michael Dorn's got a Star Trek show. It's going to happen any day now. You, you know what? Until I see a frame, until I see a trailer with footage in it, mm-hmm. I'm just going to say, uh-huh, that's a rumor. I was Sorry. actually reading the Michael Dorn AMA about that this morning. That's what was brought to our attention yesterday. Yeah, and I was reading, I'm reading it, and I'm like, oh, Michael Dorn. Look, I, I don't know. It's never going to happen. I, I don't wish him any ill. No. I don't necessarily I think, wish Worf ill. I don't necessarily think a Worf show is the way to take Star mm-hmm. Trek, but... If there's a new Star Trek show on, we're going to watch it. Yeah, of course we are. Obviously. We're not going to review it till after Enterprise, probably, because we got to do these in order. But yeah. we'll, we're going to watch it now and then review it later. Mm-hmm. But we'll definitely check it out. It's just, I'm not going to believe it till I see it. And yeah. right now, it seems He's... like Paramount or whoever, CBS, I never get this straight. Paramount, CBS, whatever. Uh, it doesn't seem like they want anything more than the movies right yeah. now. That's Which, all. all right. Yeah, whatever. But I would like to see some kind of TV show. If it's I would Michael too. Dorn thing, and whatever. I don't know. Look, if it's Michael Dorn, I'll watch it. But my feelings on Worf have been made very clear on the show at this point. I'm, I don't need more of his adventures. The thing is, I think you love to hate Worf. I do love to hate Worf. It's like, I think you would enjoy a Worf show, even if he was written exactly the same and you still hated him for the same reasons. Michael Dorn knows that character. Mm. Obviously, he yep. played him for nine years or whatever, plus the movies. And, like, to me, it feels like he has a handle on him and he would continue to write him as a terrible guy. Yep. But that is important. That's okay, I think. Like, if we had a Star Trek show where the central character was kind of a fuck-up mm. and the other people around him maybe weren't, or I don't know, there, there's a way to do that. Now, let don't me Don't just ask... make him a great captain, you know. Go ahead. That's what I think. I thought that's what I think Dorn would want. No, he's a great captain. Put him in charge of the Enterprise. Maybe he completely misreads the character, but I don't think so. Now, what I what I would like to know is if they do a uh, Worf show, how much time will he spend peeking around things? Well, that is your favorite thing. My favorite thing was Worf doing anachronistic things, mm-hmm. like drinking from a dainty teacup or using a telephone. A telephone. Yep. Yeah. So between those two things, if he peeked around corners and then picked up some old timey object. 
we'd be happy. Let's just set the, the wharf. We'll just set the wharf's the wharf show in Grandma's house. Yeah, that's and fine. just have every day. He's just oh, it's time to make the toast. But he's got to have a little butter knife, not scaled to his giant yep. hands, but an actual tiny little butter knife. And where's Grandma? <laughs> no, she's not in here. <laughs> Grandma. Oh, Tea is ready. And now Brian is saying that was a good email that had nothing to do with Deadly Games. I saw the words Deadly Games and I pushed eject and I don't He think said Deadly Games again. Delete that tweet. You sure did. Uh, then he asks, if you could give any Trek character a spinoff, who would it be and how would you break it to Michael Dorn? <laughs> <laughs> Michael, I hate to break See, this is this is taking advantage of the live stream because you're feeding into what we're talking about. Michael, I hate to break it to you, but you will not be in the new Star Trek show. So who is it? Who would you give a? I have to think. Do you want to see first. the Rikers? I don't I'm just. I'm kind of going through the list right now. I don't want to see head. the Rikers show. But like, like that's the pitch that uh, Jonathan Frakes and Marina Sirtis have is mm -hmm. let's do the Rikers. They're a married couple on a starship. Like only if it's the Ropers, but with the Rikers, <laughs> that's okay. I don't want a straight Star Trek. It has to be a comedy, like a sitcom. Well, I want to have sex. Not now, Deanna. No, that's just married with children, though. Well, what? Basically the same. Oh, uh, yeah. Every sitcom like couple in that mold is they basically did... the same. Deanna and Peg Bundy did have the same type of pants, though, so. Mm -hmm. Le leopard's, leopard printer onesie, and you're there. I also believe that um, the wardrobe of uh, uh, Mrs. Troy, Waxana, I was losing, like, her name just was not coming to me. Yep. It's very similar to Peg Bundy's. <laughs> yep. She may even own those shoes. Uh-huh. Um, I'm, I'm going Now I just want to see Riker working in a shoe store, like. I'm just, like, I don't, what I don't want is another captain and a crew on a ship. Like, let's do something different. Yeah, we've seen that done over and over again. And we've seen it done and well. it's being done in the movies now, too. Yeah, like. we've seen it, but, like. Let's like like Deep Space Nine mixed up the formula a little yeah. bit, just a little. It was still a captain and some guys, but it wasn't the same. Like we mixed in some non-Starfleet guys. We had a lot of adventures, sort of on one stationary planet, like mm -hmm. something different. Not that again, but yeah. something completely like someone said a Section Thirty One show. I don't know if that would work, but maybe that that could be good. Maybe like the Engineering Corps. Like there, there's some books about that which I haven't particularly cared for. But yeah, I didn't like them either. But, but like, the concept's good. But like. Jordy and O'Brien adventures, like Jordy and O'Brien teaming up and Just working with like, a team of yeah. nerds to fix ships. Or so, Jordy and O'Brien teaming up to fix houses of people who have shitty houses. You know, what? I don't care. Jordy and O'Brien. Yep. You put Lavar Burton and and uh, Miles O'Brien was the name of the actor in my brain. Cole Meany. Cole Meany. Thank you. This is why I have a father of Bugs Meany. <laughs> we never made that joke before. I don't think we have. Wow. That's great. Let's just think about that for a minute. <laughs> no, like, I, something, like, what I want, what I've said before is I would love an anthology show. Yep. Because Trek, at this point, is almost 50 years. It's 48 or 49 years of a vast tapestry of stuff. And it would be great to draw from different eras. And I don't know how you would do that, but, like, yep. throw different combinations of characters together is what I would like to see. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. There's a. I know there's a flashback episode of Voyager coming up with Tuvok's young days on Captain Sulu. On the uh, Celsius? Yeah, it's Celsius, right? Yeah. Not like I've seen that episode. I don't remember caring for it. Maybe I will. Yeah. Have a new appreciation coming in, having seen some Voyager. But 
something like that that manages to take a couple of different characters from a couple of different things and mm. maybe give a new spin on something. I've been, I've been thinking about this for since we for a couple of minutes now, and like, there's not really anyone in any Trek show that I want to see like do anything else like i don't want to touch anyone in ds9 anymore i think that's a perfect no, that show had, that a, good show had a perfect ending yeah um like Come we said on. we were doing it kai win adventures murder she wrote with kai win god i can see it so perfectly or like a golden girls with kai win as one kai of the win lux wanna troy yes uh janeway's old enough now yeah like um Jane, current janeway one more we need one more uh uh god bever there Is you she go. old enough now? Fucking perfect. Yeah. Who? Oh, fuck Moogie. yeah, Moogie. Yeah, yeah there you go. All right, perfect. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah, that's good so they're not all humans. Yeah, there you go. We need to mix it up a little bit. I'm going to watch uh, Star Trek The Golden Generation. <laughs> <laughs> that's our spinoff right yep. there. Absolutely. You Call know, us Rick Berman or whoever the fuck. No, they took it away from Rick Berman. Good. They gave it to, I don't know. I don't don't know. call us Rick Berman. We're not home. Don't call me Rick Berman. I'm better than that. <laughs> Get out of here, you Rick Berman. This one comes from, I hope I'm saying this correctly, Mikolaj. And he says, Why are you hating on the 90s, Algar? What's not to love about baggy jeans, failed UPN shows, and action heroes staying frosty? Algar hates on the 90s. I hate the 90s. He, he hates it. They were terrible. I love them. Do you? Yes. All of them? All of the 90s. I love every 90. Really? From 90 to 99. They were all Those amazing. Those are the 90s. Yep, every you, single one of them. You don't have to count them. Uh, uh, Mikolaj continues, Matt Nell, if Tom Paris were skeeving on your hypothetical future daughters, how would you eliminate him? Ooh. With extreme prejudice? Uh-huh. I like to go for the traditional drop a safe on him, because Ooh. I imagine that would look really awful actually happening to a person. Yeah, it's funny in a cartoon, because they get up like an yeah, accordion. Yeah, they squish, but like in um, you know, in real life, that'll break your neck and yeah. most of your torso. Plus, everyone around him could pretend not to know what a safe is. Yes. How do we get into the safe? If only we had something called, I think Earth people called it, Aki. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I can't read the pronunciation guy. K. Is it a, I think it, it's a K. K. Captain, we have cloned Keegan Michael Key of Key and Peel. He can't help us, but he's very funny. Well, I'm glad to say the phone's working, and I've broken Amanda. <laughs> um, I, 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 going along those lines, I might go with drop a piano on him. Yeah. Um. Uh, good old-fashioned shoot him like, uh, uh, oh, uh, Chekhov. Oh, in like, like in the like Spectre Wild of the Gun? Like Wild Wester, shoot him in the... Spectre of the Gun, I think it was? I think it's Spectre of the Gun, yeah. yeah. Showdown at the Star Trek Corral. You I think that's what it was about. called, yeah. yeah. That seems about right. Yeah. Um, nah, shooting's too good for him. I wanna, I wanna, now you've got me on the cartoon death thing. Mm. That's what I want. Shoot it. I mean, watch Reservoir Dogs, man, like... Yeah. Eh. No, shooting's, like, a gut shot is terrible. Yeah. They talk about that in that movie. That absolutely is. But no, I just want, like, a funny one. Yeah. Because I like, you know me, I have a weakness for terrible old comedy bits. Mm -hmm. we, I took a pie to the face. I don't know if you can see, there's a there's a picture on my wall here of Matt putting pie in my face mm -hmm. at our Sarcastic Voyage live show. I, I have a weakness for that kind of stuff. I, yep. I want him to slip on a banana peel into a, a giant chasm where he goes poof at the bottom, Ooh. except... The poof is the dust of his bones oh, and his up, blood splatter. Pulls up a little sign that says, why me? Yeah. You know why. Yeah. 
I mean, Matt and I are never, either of us ever having children, but even the thought of him, like, macking on our hypothetical uh, daughters, just, nope, or sons, or whatever, whatever, our dog, yeah, doesn't matter, trying to become best friends with us, <laughs> hey, I'm your best friend, the fuck you are, hey, man's best friend, I'm your friend, <laughs> I was just, that just led me to think how much I really enjoy Star Trek characters as Looney Tunes characters, okay, between the... Tom Paris falling off a chasm and the uh, uh, Ducat chasing Kira picture. Yeah. I I would add to that, I would like to see Bashir and O'Brien go, after you. No, you first. <laughs> no, I insist. <laughs> um, and, of course, Captain Kirk is Bugs Bunny. Yes. Of course, you realize this means war. Uh, Mikolaj uh, writes another email. If you could lose something down a time hole, what would you lose? Well, I'm moving, so... Uh, about 15 years worth of comics would be great. Yeah, didn't you just move? Like, yeah. I, I, I understand why you're moving again. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, moving books sucks. Yeah. And you just did it. Yep. And Good. I do it Good. for Good. a I'm done. And I do it for a living. Yeah, but that's different. They pay you to do that. They do pay me to move those books. Yeah. Uh, Mikolaj says again. Oh, uh, time hole. Uh, I don't know. Because I don't understand how time holes work. Like, do you get it back or is it just gone? Is it like when Molly went in there and then she came out as a cave person? Because I... Uh... Yeah, do you have anything you want to turn into a cave person? I don't know. This towel? <laughs> cave towel? This towel has effectively lived on this prehistoric planet for 20 years. Yeah. We have to retrain it to be a common towel. <laughs> or a good solid towel. <laughs> Don't forget to wear a towel. <laughs> that was the first Towley reference in nigh on 20 years. No, no, no. We used to make Towley references uh, all the time. Towley, uh, you're the worst character ever. <laughs> I know. Speaking of which, Fred writes in again and says, Is the outrageous Okana the poochie of Star Trek? Yes. Well, when, it, when he was not on screen, everyone was asking, where's the outrageous Okana? Yep. And he did go back to his home planet. He did. And he only made the one appearance that we all tried to forget about. Yep. Excellent so, observation, yes. Fred. Uh, Mikolaj writes in again. He wrote a bunch in a row here. It's not. Oh, like all right, no, that's fine. Spammed us. Uh, I grew up on UPN and remember loving the Voyager, the ship, not the show. Sure. The show went over my head because I was like four, going on five when it premiered. So yeah, all you people who say you love the '90s, it's because you were babies. You don't like. I was a grown up in the '90s and it was terrible. Yeah, you were like, you were like seven when they started and seventeen yep. when they ended. Yep. I was 17 when they started and 27 when they ended, so yeah. Yeah, better. I had a much better time. Yeah, yeah, No, it was terrible for me. Uh, but I like it okay on a 20-year-later rewatch. Neelix is less fun than I remember. How fun do you remember him being? I don't know. When you're three? Or four going on five, he says? Ah, uh, he's a you, clown. You did say he was wearing a clown suit. Yeah, he does, he does wear a clown suit. Well. And it is funny when people lose their lungs. <laughs> My lungs. Um, let me get to the point. A few months ago, my then-boyfriend pointed out that Janeway's ship is the most phallic among the Defiant and Enterprises. Is it a good or bad thing that the woman gets the most penis-like ship? Hey, it's the future, man. I, I think that's the woman's choice, frankly. Yeah. That's her decision. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. I, mean, I never I, thought I never got a phallic vibe off Voyager. It is definitely more I elongated, guess. and it has a tapered head. Uh -huh. So I can see it now that you mention it. It's not the first thing I think of, but I totally see it. Yeah. Um. Good. All right. We we are in favor of 
non-traditional gender roles. We yes. are in favor of whatever the hell you want to be yep. and do in the future. I mean, now would be great, but mm-hmm. especially in the future, we feel like that's all finally been sorted yeah, out. Yeah, it just is taken care of. And if that's what she wants, if that's what she's been saddled with and she doesn't want it, then that kind of sucks. Captain, you're going to have the first, uh, the fuck are they called? Voyager class starship? What do you want it shaped like? Shape it like a dick. I want to fly around in the dick. I want to search for coffee in the Delta Quadrant in a giant dick with living stuff in the walls. Well, that's it for me, Captain Janeway. I just realized that the guy who gets to thrust that dick, <laughs> Tom Paris. <laughs> thrust, thrust. Uh, Mikolaj says again, uh, Matt now. I love yes. Drink- I love drinking games and binge watching TV with friends. My favorite drinking game goes with Ancient Aliens. It's ideal because it's simple and there are only five rules. I, I don't know Ancient Aliens. I don't either. It's terrible. Um, uh, yes. Uh, Jason, what is Ancient Aliens? It is on the History Channel. It's a guy who reports to know about Ancient Aliens and like every season they care more and more about it. Is he the guy that the, it's Aliens? That's it. That's a real dude? Oh, is he an internet meme? Is that how you know him? Yes! I love that. I'm sure you've seen him. It's like, it's this weird dude going, it's aliens. Well, I thought he was like from a sketch show or something. No, it was probably a real guy. Wow! Um, what would The you... best thing about Pa is that you learn things. You learn things. I, del- I refuse to, to learn that one. <laughs> I, re- I, I want to remain ignorant. Um, what would be some rules for a Voyager drinking game? I'd like to hear other listeners' ideas. Well... I would too. Write in, you guys. Yeah. Tweet or email, and if it's too late for this recording, we will read them next time. Mm. Remind us what we're talking about because we won't remember. Uh, one, techno babble, drink. Two, talk about getting home, drink. Three, an anomaly or malfunction, drink. Four, the doctor quips, drink. Five, Leola root. Drink sir, to forget what is Leola root? Sir, uh, do you want to be dead? <laughs> sick coffee, drink. Like, the game. The game ends when someone who isn't a furry or plushy thinks Neelix is hot. When you know they've had too much, and you should cut them off. I, I guarantee there's someone into Neelix. Like, without w- without yeah. being, you know, into into stuff like that. Oh, no, sex. <laughs> I don't know. The people are, like, you can't. Oh, no, there's someone who's into everything. I Yeah. I don't even think it's a small group of people who are like, yeah, I'd get into his Neelix-ness. His weird yellow stained cock. We've already talked about it, and I don't want to talk about it. With the three hairs sticking out. All right, so you're going to keep talking about it. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Uh, Brian has written in, and I am scanning quickly to see if there's any mention of the Forbidden Show. (laughs) After our last recording, my anagram itch was once again being scratched. Wait, wait, wait. I I uh, I see killing japes. That's close enough. Delete it. Is it? Is that what he said? No. Okay. Uh, I, I do remember we were, oh, because I said you can't spell bland without Robert Beltran or yep. something like that. Uh, and he, he went off on some anagrams. Uh, Catherine Janeway, of course, of course, becomes try any jean hawk because of her love of making homemade blue jeans from the feathers of the Cardassian denim hawk. <laughs> she saves the feathers oil to distill cheap canard. That is the best way to make cheap canard, yes. Chakotay, of course, is okay chat. Because that's what Janeway says after speaking with him. That was an okay chat, Chakotay. Thanks. <laughs> Tuvok was tough because it's so short. But then I remember what Neelix called him. So I did Tuvok Vulcan. Well, I guess that makes sense. Mr. Vulcan makes yep. Vulcan his last name. Which gave me no vulva tuck. 
A mysterious message whose meaning will soon be revealed. Oh, God, I hope not. <gasps> I know Brian's seen ahead of us, but I hope not. Uh, Ensign Harry Kim, of course, is yanking her rims. A reference to you a sure delete... that's not Paris's? No. A reference to a deleted scene in the pilot where he steals Janeway's hubcaps and she takes them <laughs> under her wing like Jason Todd. <laughs> The doctor, of course, is tech.or, relating to his existential crisis. Is he a machine or a man? A mere tech.or? <laughs> Something more. Neelix and Kess came as a pair, of course, so I had to find an anagram for Neelix and Kess. Somehow I ended up with Leaden Sex Ink, which I can only imagine refers to the color consistency and weight of Neelix's semen. Boy, that sure comes up a lot. Mm -hmm. We have talked about Neelix's genitals possibly more than any other genitals in the history of Star Trek, I would say. Agree? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd agree with I that. I was wondering who you were pondering there. Have we thought about someone more? I mean, we've talked about a lot of genitals over the years. Yes? Sarah's vagina in conjunction with Dukat, mm. like a lot. Okay, but we didn't really speculate. We, we never tried just... to figure out what it looked like. Yeah. I assume it looks like, like a vagina. Like the nose ridges. Yeah, of course. All right. She's intertwining her fingers like this. That's That could be... The thing Does is, we didn't Duk spend long amounts of time doing that because that is... Probably around the time I became aware that we should stop being creepy to women. Yeah. Like, I wish I'd realized that earlier, but mm -hmm. better late than never. Yeah. And so we probably didn't spend a lot of time on that. But you're right, Ducat definitely, like, it came up in that context, absolutely. So is but, his uh, dick shaped like a spoon? Is that? No, I think you at one point said it was a fork. So it was like Right, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Taurus is a woman torn between two identities, and her anagram refers to her struggle. How can she celebrate human Christmas when half of her is saying Noel's aberrant? Which leaves only Tom Paris. But for some reason, every time I rearrange the letters, it just says garbage person. <laughs> <laughs> Odd that. Or else omit raps because he never lets Harry play any of his hip-hop music on the Holobar jukebox. I hope this provides new insight into the characters. Your chum, Larch by In. Certainly provided something. <laughs> oh, that was, a, that was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got some people chiming in now. Ooh, with, chimes. Uh, yes. Ooh, chimes. Uh, with uh, Star Trek drinking game suggestions. All right. Uh, Tidro says, Tom Paris makes a new best friend drink. Um, Fred says, take two drinks every time you check the time code. That's I, a good one. I have tried so hard, and Amanda can attest to this because she's been watching along with me, not to check the time. Like, I don't check the runtime. I say, you know what? I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to wait for it to be over. The first time I did it was episode two of season two. And as I watch, I try not to read ahead of Matt's notes. I try to kind of sort of keep Yeah, I do the same thing when I'm reading yours. Yeah, I don't want to read ahead, but I'm like, okay, this note's about what I'm looking at yeah. now. And I looked down at the time and it said 22.02. And I looked up and Matt said, let me just check 22 minutes. We hit that exact point yep. at the same time. Just like... <sighs> we, we just, I, we hit two or three of the same jokes. It's it was great. still happening. Yeah. No, that's, that's a good one, but... I also wouldn't get very drunk because so far I've been trying to, mm. to really hard not to do that. It's a bad habit to get in this early. Yeah. We, we're only 16 or 18 episodes into a 170-some episode show. We're not even 10% of the way done. Yep. A long, like, being through season one is deceptive because we think, oh, we're one-seventh of the way there. No, it was a short no, season. You the rest fool. of them are much longer. It was only 18 minutes. Yeah. Or 18. No, it was like 14 episodes yeah. or something. So, yeah. Uh... Bob writes in and says, yeah. if you could have the hairstyle of any Star Trek character, which would it be, and how long would it take to style in the morning? 
You were always a fan of the... I don't know if you want this, but you were always a big fan of the Janice Rand wicker hair. It's true. I, I can't pull that look off, but... No, uh, but let's assume, for the sake of Bob's hypothetical question, that you could... Like, the transporter just beams a hairstyle onto you. Not that you make it yourself, because if you could, you would. That's true. I will say, and I've probably said this on the on the podcast before, I actually, this is true, because I'm such a dork. <laughs> Tried to grow a beard for the first time because I thought it looked good on Riker, and yep. I thought it might look good on me. That is a real thing that happened. Yep. Also got a beagle because there was a beagle on Enterprise, which I didn't know I hated it at that point. <laughs> I just, I'm very influenced, like, by Star Trek, I'm very susceptible to suggestion. Good idea, Star Trek. The Ron Elgar Watt story. <laughs> um, But I don't know. I'm trying to think of distinctive hairstyles, and everyone's got pretty normal hair. Yeah. Um, I don't want Kazon hair. No, I I don't want Kazon to have Kazon hair. I don't want Kazon. No, yeah, well, we're stuck with that. I don't want Kazon. No. Please, no Kazon. <laughs> I'm trying to like I'm I'm going through the list now. Yeah, there's no one that's hair Didn't, is. Wasn't there an early version of Jordy? Maybe when they were looking to cast somebody. Oh, else? the Jerry Curl Jordy, yeah. The Jerry Curl Jordy, but I thought there was also kid and play giant uh, high top fade hair. That I don't remember. I might be remembering you that wrong. Might... But Jerry Curl Jordy yeah. was like soul glow Jordy. That might be true, and I don't remember it, but mm. I definitely remember Jerry Jerry Curl Jordy, which yeah. comes with everything you see here. <laughs> Not to be confused with Jerry Ryan. No, very different. Or Jerry Taylor. Yeah. I actually, um, Odo. Odo hair. That's not bad, yeah. Instant. Just, like, how long it would take to style in the morning. Mm. Just, like, it would it, w- it would be shape-shifting hair. I would be part changeling from here up. <laughs> it would, I, I see, couldn't make my hair into a mouse or a cup. Just, just slick back. Yeah, see, that's the thing. If, if I could make the top of my head turn into anything, I would make it a duck. Why? Because then I would have a duck on my head. Like an actual live quacking duck? Or like well, no, an aluminum foil be... duck from your, like... No, it would be a live crack... quacking duck that I was controlling because it was part of my head. But, like... Would you make it jump through a pile of money inside a large bin? No, because that would be difficult to do. It would require a bin and some money, neither okay. of which I have. Would you... Would you? No, the duck it... would just sit on my head, but it could flap and make quacking noises. That's it? You yeah. wouldn't make it jump around making woo-woo-woo-woo noises? No, because it can't come off my head. It's a part of my head. Yeah, but all the ducks, I think, of all their all their shtick is sort of ambulatory. They yeah, but this, get isn't, up and move this isn't the duck you're thinking of. This is a duck from... This is like a live duck. Why would you want that? Why would you not? Well, first of all, it's pointing you walking your... past people. That guy's got a fucking duck on his head. And the could... duck would be all like, "Fuck you." You okay? First of all, your your pitch here was not that it could speak. I mean, it can because it's part of my head. So is it? The speaking... head is where the the words come out of. Al, come on. Is it speaking with your brain or does it have its own independent? Brain? No, it has my brain. It's like a part of my body that is a duck. So you get a second mouth. Yes. That is the bill of this duck yes is why is this head. so difficult it's not i just want to be clear i understand the parameters of this it's not difficult i just you have a very specific idea of what this duck does that i've never yes heard of and i need you to help me make that ha- that dream come true this is the first i'm hearing of this well we need to talk when this episode is all over. right we'll do that i will make your duck head dreams come true ah uh. and i will take a drink of water uh, oh, <laughs> this is a delightful one. I read this before. Mm. Uh, David says, hey, folks, uh, Star Trek's writers generally used alien main characters as a way to explore their culture. Mm. Worf the Klingons, Quark the Ferengi, Kira the Bajorans, etc. 
but it largely left out of human cultures. Chakotay could have been an excellent way to explore a particular Native tribe's culture and history. Yep. Instead, we get a white person's two-dimensional idea of Native American. Hell, even Corner Gas did better with its Cree police sergeant. Yep. That's a reference for you Canadians, but I am Canadian-adjacent enough. I've only seen a couple episodes of Corner Gas, but I am aware of it, and yes, he is a better Native And as character. I understand, that is a terrible comedy that only... Well, it stars Brett Butt, so you Brett tell Butt. my. You tell me. I that you tell I? You tell I. No kill I. Is that what your duck would say? Yes. Uh Brian is writing to us both via Twitter and via email. God now. damn, Brian. Uh what do you think the Kazons sound like? Well we we've met the Kazons. Yeah. We know. They, Why? What do you think the Kazons sound like? Terrible. What about Cardassians? What about Neelases? <laughs> what? I'm not sure. Blanc says, Oh, thank God. Who stole the cookies from the cookie jar? Are they missing? I think it was you. I don't think it was. I don't think it was. I You're supposed think... to say who me. Do you not know this bit? No, what are you talking it's about? It's a kindergarten song. Do you not have kindergarten in Canada? We have it. We never wasted have you time evolved talking beyond... about cookies. What what songs did you sing in kindergarten? I don't know. The alphabet song? Something in French, probably, because Canada? But your alphabet song ends with Z, so it doesn't rhyme. Yeah. Okay. Just so we're clear. Yeah, no, I'm glad we're on the same page yeah. here. Uh, let's see. This one comes from Rod Tanzal. All right. And he says, Dear Matt Now. Hello. Dumb question, but what would you do if you could blame your Klingon half? A lot of shoplifting. Really? There's a lot of stuff I want to own, not have to pay for. And when people ask me about, sorry, my Klingon half stole all that crap. You could just blame it on the duck. Now, would your duck have a Klingon half, or would it be in yeah, the... Yeah, it would be a duck with half of a Klingon ridge, Yeah, and a love of honor, and a tiny bat left that it would wave around. With what? With wing. Wings can't hold things. They it don't have can if I staple it to it. All right. See, you, again, you're acting like this is something everyone's heard of. And yes! This is all news to me. Why is this difficult? Because this is all new to me. Uh, oh, uh, 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 Brian says, I mean, smell like. Typo. Okay, so what do you think the Kazons smell like? Oh, God. Weed. Not good. I think they smell like weed. Oh, no, I, I like the, I like how that smells. No. Klingons smell, or, excuse me, Kazon just smell dirty. Okay. They don't have, they consider soap to be technology. Well, we don't want to spoil too much from the next episode, but yeah, he's, Matt, Matt took a very hard line, the Kazon or Hillbilly stance yeah. in that episode. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, they smell like dirt and gin. Gin? Gin. Gin is too classy. Homemade gin. No, white lightning. Moonshine. Yeah, that's more like it. Uh, what about Cardassians? Cardassians smell like oil to me. Not because of Canar for other reasons. I bet they, I bet they smell pretty good, but only to them. Like they have like a sort of like a fishy smelling cologne they use that smells ah. really good to them, but the rest like everyone else is like, Ugh. somebody open a can of sardines. Yeah, exactly. Fair enough. Uh, what about neelices, which would be the plural of neelix, I believe. I feel like I don't know about smell, but I feel like all of neelix's body is covered in dandruff. Why are we talking about neelix's body again? They he, he asked. I know he did. So, whatever Again. a body covered in dandruff smells like, it's that. I don't think dandruff has a smell. It's just dried skin. I bet skin. it does if there's enough of it. It's just dried skin. Yeah. All right. 
You it smells like dust. I, I, I don't really know. Like, I feel like we should have our, our uh, soap making friend Tidro on. She really knows like her scents mm. better than like I, you know, uh, notes of hickory with with a hint of cinnamon or yeah. whatever. I don't know. I don't. I don't know the. I don't know the technology. That's definitely how the I terminology. Think, that's definitely how I think pack lids smell. Really? Yeah. All right. The only thing they got going for them is that they smell nice. I think um, Neelix smells like he sounds. <laughs> Lost and he's found. Yes. Uh, Beave says, I think you aren't getting my tweets since my account is locked. That is true. Don't you think Starfleet would have strict regulations about what can be done with a holodeck? Wouldn't they have strict rules about using real people, especially current Starfleet people, etc.? We talked about this a bit in the Jordy fucks Leah Brahms episode. Jordy fucks Leah Brahms, uh, um, Barkley fucks, uh, Everyone. Troy. No, and Bever. And Bever. Uh, and then there's the whole thing where uh, Quark tries to steal Kira's image so he can use her and... Uh... That's not Starfleet, though. No, that's so true. he's outside, you know. But yes, no, I think it should absolutely be illegal. But he's not saying should, he says would. Don't you think they would have rules Yes. That? I agree. The weird thing is... With the Leah Brahms program, it wasn't designed to be, like, it wasn't designed for Joy to have sex with. Like, it was a pre-existing mm-hmm. program to... That he um, fell in love with. Yeah. But it was supposed to be all like, so you, so you purchased the Enterprise. Yeah. Hello, and welcome. Hello, welcome. I am the host. I I'm, am Dr. Michael... I'm Dr. Leah Brahms, creator of this, the U.S. You're not supposed... Like, that's some Kirk-level reprogramming the simulation yeah. there. Yeah. He fucked the host. Like, that's... You're not supposed to be able to do that. Um, that's like somehow getting to make out with Alex Trebek. Yeah. You should not be able to do no. that. No. It's like he unlocked... Without the, going to meet him. It's like he unlocked the fabled nude code or something. <laughs> right. Um, turns out it's up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right. You'd think people would have figured it out. No, but you have to do that with your pelvis. Oh, yeah, that makes you sense. You thrust your All pelvis. Right. Oh, you thrust your pelvis. Pelvis, oh. Uh. Right. Um, you put your down, down, up, up. Left, right, left, right. Uh, also, why would they allow the constant proven threat of holodex on any ship with weapon systems? Yeah, that's a real good question. That's a fair point. Yeah. They break all the time. I don't get it. No, I, I do think, to, to, to circle back to the first question, I do think there definitely would be laws after mm-hmm. the Geordi thing and maybe the Barkley thing. Yeah, as soon as that Leah Brown is like, wait, you did what? Like, I don't remember which one happened first, but whichever one mm-hmm. got back to... The Starfleet legal, yeah. which I know exists because there was a like a Starfleet lawyer suing to prove that data wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. so there's a whole legal branch. So, was it? Uh, was it Picard's ex girlfriend or something? Was it, it was. The Starfleet like a, law? Yeah. Yeah, she's a she's a adjudicator. Yeah, I don't remember like what it was. Arbitrator. Yeah, that's okay. the word I want. Um, but I feel like there would be like precedent at that point once mm. they found out about that they would make sure okay well there weren't any laws but there are now yeah there's no law in the books that says a dog can't be a hologram <laughs> well there is now it was the dog it was again the dog uh let's see if you were to get sexy with alex trebek would you want to do so with or without his mustache Listen, alex trebexy that there is n- there is no Alex Trebek without a mustache. I'm no. sorry. He ceased existing whenever he shaved yeah, off the mustache. Yeah, and when mustache, it comes back, uh, guess what? Jeopardy will be once again be hosted by Alex Trebek. But for right now, there's just... It's like his body was taken over by, like, a parasite or something. Yeah, it's, but it's like a reverse parasite because when the mustache came yeah, off, like, the parasite went away. <laughs> well, the mustache was the parasite and it sucked into his lip to take to take control of his oh, body. Oh, I see. It's, uh, so, now. 
the question to the answer, uh, would you like the mustache on or off, is what is on? Too, uh, too bad. Matt says, or Matt says, Long says. I've been saying stuff all day. Why are you guys such big liars? I watched Starfleet Boot Camp last night, and it was full of terrible hack cliché dialogue. Well, you're wrong, Flong. Yeah, you're full of terrible hack clichés. And also, you didn't like Big Trouble in Little China. No, that's not a very good movie. I liked it. And now we're going to get angry letters about that, but I don't care. It's very racist. That is true. That didn't even occur to me until... That's a racist movie. I'm like, ah, yeah, it was a racist movie. All right. See, I win. Now, you can't you can't defend the racism. Good. Uh, it wouldn't happen if I had a duck on my head. I think... Everything that happens to you now would happen, only there would also be a constant quacking. <laughs> and a lot of duck shit on your head. Mm. No, because like, it's connected. It's not like just a duck living Where's the shit going then? It doesn't shit because it's not an actual duck. It's a creation of a duck coming out of my head. Alright. This keeps getting... It's not like I have to feed it or anything. Then it'll die? And then no, it's a not an alive duck. It's a part of my head. Alright. It's like if... The... It's like if Odo decided to only turn the top of his head into a mouse. So there was a mouse coming out of his head that just stayed there all the time so and did mouse like, stuff. Like Mickey Mouse ears. Yeah, kind of. Only a whole mouse. Yes. I guess. Yeah. All right. And it could do things, like mouse things. Like, I don't know, running a wheel if it wasn't attached to his head. And Beeb says if Kirk were on DS9, the changelings would constantly trick him by turning into horses. Because that guy loves horses. Well, I love the idea of horses just running around on Deep Space Nine. If wishes were horses. Ugh. Well, there was a, um, there was a, what was it, an ostrich? Yes, the emu. Emu, that was it. Odo versus his hated emu nemesis. Right, that was that was from season one. Yeah. But yeah, that was that was pretty great. Uh, let's see, this one comes from Seth, and Seth says, At the end of Caretaker, Janeway has to decide whether to use the array to send themselves back home and let the station fall into the hands of the Kazon, or blow up the array to save the Okamba but strand her crew in the Delta Quadrant. So Starfleet has the ability to travel faster than light, shoot lasers across space, create holographic doctors that can treat any disease, make water appear out of thin air. <laughs> His emphasis, but I agree with it. Uh, but the idea of a timer never occurred to anyone? As as our time with Voyager marches on through seven seasons with lizard sex, technobabble, reptile relations, first officers with the personality of furniture, geckos getting busy, incomprehensible time loop plots, crocodile coitus, Naomi Wildman, Dino's doing it. Brandon Braga writing credits. Alligator action. The Civil War. Iguana intercourse. Delta Quadrant sightseeing tours. Copulating chameleons. Fixing up a bitch in Camaro. Screwing skinks. And everything else the show will put us through. Let us all just remember. It was one simple time delay fuse away from being just a TV movie of the week. How much lizard sex is in this show? I think it's just the one episode, but I think this guy really was... Clearly was made a... Uh, made an clearly impression. made an impression on him. That, that episode made an impression on a lot of people. And actually, a non-regular guest mm. is joining us for that episode and was stunned that none of our six regulars jumped in on that one. Yeah. He's like, how how did no one take the lizard fucking episode? Yoink. I, I don't know, man. Uh, let's see. This one comes from Rod Tanzel, and it's a bit long. It says, uh, this one isn't about ears, so thanks for not pre-screening these things. Nope, definitely don't. Mm. I figured out what I dislike most about Voyager. Oh. It's a lack of perfluence, a tendency to move forward. It's a feeling made worse with hindsight and foreknowledge. I watched the show in early 2012 with the knowledge that, spoilers, the Voyagers and her crew spent seven years in the Delta Quadrant. I knew they weren't getting home till the end. It's like watching most shows and knowing that the main characters aren't going to die or get hurt. 
The, the danger presented to them rarely seems serious. Like, whenever the show asks viewers if the crew will make it home, I know that the answer is no. I watched the entirety of Voyager with this thought in the back of my mind. I assumed this premise and thus felt that any progress was made because, well, progress toward the goal wasn't made. Uh, treating this will-they-won't-they they question as the show's central conflict ruined my experience of it. Imagine watching Gilligan's Island, only to be frustrated that their attempts to get rescued will always be futile. Go crazy knowing that the characters have no development! This is a maddening way to watch that show, isn't it? It's much better to think of Gilligan's Island as a silly character interactions and a com comedic parade of Sisyphean failures. Uh, often Voyager feels like a sitcom that needs to resolve its problems by the end of an episode and reset characters to how they started. Maybe Voyager needed a laugh track? <laughs> Perhaps I could have accepted the show as it is. I should appreciate its obvious successes. Women in STEM fields and authority, a delightful EMH, and some third thing for structure's sake. <laughs> Uh, Bob, I'm sorry. Uh, Big Trouble in Little China is racist. Thanks, Bob. Sorry. It is. It just is. I don't know why I yelled at the computer. Is it Bob lived in it? Yeah, I don't know. As opposed to at the camera where he would actually be seeing me talking to him? Yeah. yeah. Um, Brian says Flonk is wrong on Starfleet Bootcamp. It made Chakotay almost good. I disagree with that. We, this podcast does not exist so the Lynch boys can argue. Mm -mm. No. Oddly enough. Brian has found, though... That the key to us acknowledging him is not saying those words. Uh, let's see. Beef says, I intentionally didn't watch DS9 when Seven of Nine was introduced, as I got a lot of, I think you mean Voyager, um, as I got a lot of buzz for Sexy Borg. I refused to watch it based on that. She's a pretty great character watching her now. Yeah, he's jumping way ahead. Yeah. He started watching with us, and now he's on like season 14 or mm -hmm. something. And he's like, well, enjoy all that. Uh, no, I'm, I'm sure 7 of 9 will be great. We'll see. I Seriously, I've been wrong about just about everything, so I'm making no more prejudgments. Except I'm pretty sure Enterprise is going to be boring. Maybe I'm wrong. We'll see. Uh, let's see. Brian says, has Matt seen Eating Raul? No. I feel like he would have. I asked because Robert Beltran was actually pretty good in it. No, I haven't. I know what it's about, though. Fair enough. I do not. I know nothing about it. They eat Raul. All right. Uh, but to, to circle back here to uh, Rod's question, I think Quest shows where it's like like the fugitive, that that's what they used to call them back in the day, mm. Quest shows. Like the fugitive catches the killer or we're catching Laura Palmer's killer. It's, it's, that isn't always catch killers, but those are the examples that are popping sure. in my head. We'll Voyager get home. The, the well-written shows like that, yeah, that's the premise of the whole show. There's growth as you go, yeah. and it doesn't matter if they get home. The point is the journey, not the destination kind of thing. Mm. Like, you know, in every show that the main characters aren't going to die, that's just a part of television. Mm -hmm. But specifically, like Battlestar Galactica, which had its ups and downs, but I think you and I both agree is a pretty good show. Yes. Um, We knew eventually they probably were going to find Earth, which is what they were looking for. Yep. But that wasn't the point. The point was, are they going to escape the Cylons this week? Are they going to find out who's actually a Cylon? Blah, yep. blah, blah. Like, they were they who doesn't were get Who conflicts. doesn't get out of this? Uh, who doesn't get right. out this week was always a big one. Some of, yeah, because that show was willing to kill some guys off. Yeah. But there, that was a quest show in mm -hmm. that they, they had a main goal. Yeah. But that doesn't have to be what the entire show is about. You no. can't watch every week thinking, are they going to do what the whole show is about? Probably not. Although you and I at one point discussed the possibility of what if they got home in, like, season two and then the Maquis went to jail or something? You know, like, yeah. like it would have been interesting to completely throw people for a loop there. Well, I remember they were, we read about this when the show was going up 
when the first uh, uh, when the, when we did the first episode, there was that there was that thing on Memory Alpha where they were like they had a back door to get the ship home if people weren't responding to the. Uh, oh, and they just changed the premise. Yeah, I, and they I, would just like it would it like I guess it'd become enterprise or uh, next, next gen. gen or whatever. Yeah, well, with different characters, yeah. different uniquely established different mm. characters, that would be fine. Yeah. The thing with like the thing with the quest show is that another thing you can do is you resolve that eventually, and then you give them something new to do. You know, like that's, that's that at least keeps alive the illusion of something happening. But I would then put it to you, sir, that uh, Twin Peaks did that, and then had a really hard time finding its way again, which they eventually did at the very end. But well, that was not David Lynch's fault. I know. I know, but I'm saying sometimes it doesn't matter. Mm. It doesn't matter if they get home, if the real story then becomes about Janeway's doing this. Yeah. And Harry Kim's doing that. And the doctor's doing, you know, like, mm. if it's more about that. Like, will Bajor join the Federation? Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe not. Doesn't matter. A bunch of cool stuff happened along the way. Yep. You know, I mean, this isn't a funny answer, but really, I've thought about this a bit, and it's it's an interesting question, but... Kind of that's how TV works. I would love one day to see a TV show break that pattern. Mm. Like, in The Sopranos, a slight spoiler if you haven't seen The Sopranos, which has been off the air for eight years or something. At one point, Tony Soprano gets shot almost fatally and goes into a coma. I thought it would have been cool if they killed him off. And the last season of the show had just been dealing with all the other characters. Like... Make the show about him by taking him away. Yeah. And I... show how everyone reacts to his absence. Mm -hmm. Kind of, you know what I mean? Like, I've seen that done dramatically before. Yeah. And if you set up a character for a long time and then remove them, that would be an interesting thing. Yeah. I mean, I like Janeway. She has become one of my favorite characters. Absolutely. But what if they killed off the captain in, like, season three or something? We talked about that briefly when they talked about killing off Picard, maybe. Mm. That would be an interesting, oh, shit, what happens now? Yeah. Like, just... Uh, just throw us something we don't expect. And that's not going to happen in this 90s show because the 90s are garbage. <laughs> that's really what I was trying to say. Sure. Well, when you get right down to it, aren't the 90s garbage? Yes. Yes, they are. Mm. We could well, do good. a... I'm glad we got that settled. Can I go on VH1 and do a whole series of I hate the 90s and just <laughs> list off of it? Like, have, have popular culture people just list off things that are terrible about the 90s? Okay, but can Weird Al be on it? Well, of course. All right. Can but he talk about what he hates in the 90s? I would come over and yell at him and say, weird. <laughs> I love that this is totally a, like, you know, a tangent here, but mm. I love how much Paul F. Tompkins and Weird Al Yankovic have been working together for the mm -hmm. last few years. Because there's a there's a funny bit in one of Paul F. Tompkins stand up bits where he talks about how he was joking with Weird Al and it didn't come off as a joke. It just came off like he was being a dick. Well, he was and like he felt bad about it. He's like, oh, I know Weird Al. I'll go in there and do a whole thing, and it'll feel like a joke. And he goes in there, he ribs them for like 20 minutes, and then he comes out and goes, wait, I don't know Weird Al at all. Yeah. But in the last few years, those guys have worked together yeah. a bunch, and I feel like he's apologized and apologized, and mm -hmm. now they're best friends yep. or something. And yeah. It's just something I like to think about. I love both of those people. Uh, Brian says, is the real voyage friendship? According to Tom Paris, yes. Is it? Yeah. All right. I thought the real your, voyage for he's him He's your was... best friend. Was the Delaney sisters. Ugh. Yeah, I don't know. The Delaney sisters. Oh, look, and uh, that was from Twitter, from email, also from Brian. Uh, How many keyboards do you have, Brian? <laughs> I just wanted to mention that the actor who played Voyager's nameless and dead medical officer was one Mr. Jeff McCarthy. 
who was in deadly games yes go on no 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 there is a upn connection here but thankfully it's not that uh who in addition to playing some sort of mullety rebel on tng Mm -hmm. i believe he was the i think it was the masterpiece society where he was like the perfect soldier who escaped and oh yeah i'm pretty sure that that face kind of yeah jason's nodding vigorously here so yes take that as a yes yeah uh was the voice of michigan (laughs) yes you are incorrect I don't know. Maybe his head's sideways and he's like actually shaking his head. Maybe he's got a duck on his head and he's trying to get it off. <laughs> duck doesn't come off. It's a part of your head. On, of your head. He's a different person, Matt. Also the voice of Michigan J. Frog for the Warner Brothers Network. which means Oh, he, the hell with me, my baby guy? Yeah, but not from the original Looney Tunes. Right, but like from... Years yeah, later when right. they made him the, the mascot. When he was on like Tiny Toons or whatever. No, 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 no. When he was the mascot of UP, oh, or of, uh, WB. Okay. The WB. Coming up next on the WB. Yeah. The Simpsons. yeah. Um, uh, this means he is, as far as I know, the only man who can make the claim that he was part of the launch for both UPN and the WB. Whoop-dee-doo. <laughs> who else can make such a claim? Not Richard Jenny, whose sitcom Platypus Man was UP... Oh, God, I remember Platypus Man. Please. I, I, that's, I just no, remember tell me what you remember about Platypus Man. I just remember its yes. existence. Please. Jason. So what was the connection to Platypi? None? Anything? Were they being edgy? No, in his stand-up act, he referred himself as a Platypus Man. Oh, like right. a man of two different worlds. Oh. Uh, that's, not as so good as my, that's not as good as the pilot I had in my head. No. UPN did some crazy shit, but apparently not that crazy. Uh, on the run from the government who made him Platypus Man. Not Kirk Cameron, whose eponymous series failed to get a second season or bring down the atheist shadow government. Not even the auspicious stars of Homeboys in Outer Space could breach the barrier between the new super networks. So here's to you, Jeff. You were really good in urine town. All right. There is a musical. Yes, no. I, I, that caught me for a second. I was like, oh, wait, no, I do know what urine town is. Fair enough. Uh, this is, appears to be the last question, unless somebody wants to tweet something at Pop Podcast or email us at poststomachhorror at gmail. This, you are running out of time. In the time that it takes us to answer this and do the final plugs at the end, mm-hmm. that's that's how much time you got. Uh, no more from Brian. We're cutting you off. Yep. Beef says, this is a great format. You guys are cuties. I would love to see more like this. This is now two people that think we're cute. But one of them is She Tidra, thinks I'm cute. Tidro doesn't count, because... Cedro always thinks everyone's cute. No, I'll take that. That's fair. Uh, so that's it. Yeah. I would love to do this more. The thing is, we're not always in the same location. No, it's we can't getting really do this to... over Skype. Yeah. And we are trying to expand the live shows. Yeah. Trying to do more of them, and I want to do more in Portland so that I can do a little driving, and Matt doesn't have to do all the driving. Yeah. And or Jason did the driving, but you know, Matt mm-hmm. gave him gas money. And it's, I would it's, like to thank you know. Jason while I've got yes. this for thank uh, you very much, Jason, for giving me the that and yeah. for coming up yourself. Yes, please, and for the plaque yeah. again, um, and for your continued support of mm-hmm. the show. Um, but yeah, we would like to split that up, and also, as I said, kind of try to conquer two cities instead of just one. That yeah. would be cool. Um, and if we do that, that means it's more likely that we'll be in the same location more frequently. Yeah, like we're still. Like, we are now one major American city away from each other. Yep. But it's still, what, 100 miles? 100 miles, miles, but at least that? we don't have to cross borders anymore. That's true. You have to cross the state border, but not a yeah, international yeah. border. So. It's like a three-hour, three, four-hour yeah. drive. Would you walk 100 yeah. miles? I would not. When a week? I would absolutely not do that. Hmm. 
so yeah, next week uh, we will post the live show that we just finished recording a couple hours ago. Went really well. Yep. Got got a lot of support out here in, in Seattle at the Pocket Theater. It was a great time. First two episodes of season two, we didn't love. Matt liked the first one okay. It was we fun. Were, we were agreed that the second one was garbage. Mm-hmm. I had a lot to say about uh, Brandon Braga's contributions to the 37s. So look forward to that. Look forward to... <laughs> Al's got an old truck he likes to yell about. Yeah. Look forward to Matt talking about the um, Kazon being hillbillies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, following that, Matt will be living in a new house. Yes. So look forward to that. Mm-hmm. And Hopefully with better internet. Yeah. And if you want to if you want to write to us, uh, postcomichorror at Gmail. We will not, will not answer it until the next supplemental um, in February, but we will get to it. We mm-hmm. always do. And we love hearing from you guys. We love your continued support. Thank you for everything. And that's it. See ya, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2015. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this.